um, when it comes to my my stepdad, like he also super hard worker. You know, um, uh, when I I go, like my earliest memory of him is him taking me to his soccer uh, practices. He's a referee. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's super big in like the Toronto scene. And uh, he used to just take me around and like show me to his friends and say, "Hey, man, this is this is what I do this in my life." And he also sold houses, the real estate agent. So, you know, I used to go around with him. So you see, like, there was, there was constant work um, ethics that I used to see right. from. Them. But then when it comes to the home part, that that never lacks. I, I don't know how they did it because I can't even do that now. Yeah, <laughs> my yeah. kids, like, I'm struggling. <laughs> Yeah. But they, they, they made it seem so easy and so seamless to like to be parents. But at the same time, when I look back, I'm like, you guys had, you know, three businesses and, you know, two full-time jobs. Like, what, what were you guys doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, man, it, it was, they, they taught me, you know, like I said, family is always important. You know, discipline and respect and and those things. And, you know, they, they showed me that you know, you got to always work for what you want. Yeah. But he's going to give you anything. Um, you know, if you want something, it's right there. Go and get it. You are listening to the Derek Asante Podcast, the show that brings you insightful conversations about everyday topics. We just aim to keep the discussion above the average. Our guests are the ones bringing the social proof to the conversation. Let's get into it. I'm your host, Derek Asante, and today I'm speaking with another brother that I've come to know and establish a bond with that is only going to grow stronger with time. He's also a content creator, an entrepreneur, and definitely a family man. Please help me welcome one-fourth of the No Service Podcast, my brother, Sheldon Cargill. Welcome. Hey, thank you, man. Thank you for having me. It's a dope <laughs> intro. I don't think I've ever been introduced like that before. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's just the truth, man. I, I really wanted to get you on here because... Obviously, I like the work that you guys are doing over there, um, the you. No Service Podcast, and it's it's actually very, very entertaining. Like, <laughs> thanks, man. We try. You you know what I enjoy about it though. I have to admit is is the dynamics of having yeah. having the women on there as well as you know your co-hosts, right? Mm-hmm. And and they have a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And so the balance I mean, the balance is yeah. really really nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was it was on purpose for sure. You know, um, when you think of that dynamic, like this entire podcast was birthed from the lunchroom, right? Which you're a former member of right, <laughs> that, right. that cast the crew. And, um, you know, I, I was there one day and I said, you know, this we're having a conversation about something I can't remember. But I said, man, it would be really cool to have this in like a podcast for, you know, because as you know, the lunchroom conversation can get pretty crazy sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes not safe for work, but I mean, you know, for the most part, it's a good conversation and good fun. And I said, hey, man, it would be really cool to have this in podcast form. So I said, you know, if we were to do it, we'd have to have, you know, diversity in terms of both sides of the coin, right? We can't just have men on there or just women for this type of show. It's got to be balanced, you know? And I said, man, the more the merrier. That's it. I, I, I put it out there. I said, hey, I want to start a podcast. And, 
you know, my co-host Mel, she hit me and she said, yeah, man, let's do this. I said, all right. And I came to Jerome and he said, yeah, let's bring Sasha. And I said, all right, let's do it. I like this. We hung out the first day. It was like instant chemistry. So nice. So we've been, we've been going ever since. Nice. Nice. And how, how did, how did, um, uh, Sasha get on board? So it was actually Jerome's idea because Sasha and I had a previous, like, I was a previous boat. I knew Sasha before, but she had like different types of shifts. So I wouldn't see her often. Right. 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 Um, my, like I said, my initial um, thought was to say, okay, if we're gonna have Mel on, you can't just she can't be the only woman on on board, right? It's, it'll be like two on one. Even though if you guys know who Mel is, she's she'll she won't back down from anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, look, man, we we gotta we gotta bring another female on. So Jerome said, hey, man, let's try Sasha out. And you know, like I said, man, we came we hung up for the first day, and it was just magic. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah, man. Man, I usually open with a quote every episode and um, I'm going to share a quote that I have for you. It's actually by Henry Bergson. Okay. I, want, I want to get your thoughts on it. What comes to mind when you hear um, the quote? All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it reads, to exist is to change. To change is to mature. To mature is to go on creating oneself endlessly. Mm. I like that. That's a quote. Yeah. That's. I mean, what comes to mind is, I mean, it 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 sort of mirrors my life in a sense. Um, you know, people who who know me for more than I'd say, I'd say, you know, more than ten years mm-hmm. would know that I'm I'm not the same person in terms of like, you know, my character in the sense that when I was younger, I was, you know, a silent kid, okay. you know, I, I wasn't one who spoke much. Um, I was very observant though, right? I always used to look at my surroundings and such and such, but um, I was always quiet and I used to think back to myself, like if I had spoken up in a lot of situations, like, you know, I think I would be in a different position in life. You know, so I, I, I decided to make that change to say, hey, you know, sometimes you got to speak up. You know, you got to let people hear you. I mean, and um, yeah, that, that quote kind of kind of make puts a mirror in front of my face. And <laughs> you got you got to change. You, you got to always keep growing and, and keep changing. And that doesn't always mean, you know, change for the worse, but you change for the better. Right. right? Always improving. Right. I think that's one thing about life is that there is no, there is no end goal. You know, there is no, I get old and retire on a beach in Florida. It's just like, you're always growing. You're always learning. Right. And I think that's the joy in life. You're always learning. There's always another challenge to be had or another goal to reach. You understand? So, uh, yeah, I like that quote. That's a really nice quote. I might take that from you. <laughs> Feel free, feel free. Um, it's funny you mentioned, you know, growth. And I think it's 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 evident that if you don't grow, then you're stagnant. And if you're stagnant, you are essentially dead, right? Like, yeah, for sure. And so when you think back, I think it's also one of the key elements in what you just said was choice. I think there's mm-hmm. a choice that people make. There are people yeah. that we all know that refuse to change and grow. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right. They want to be stuck in the time capsule where they were and, you know, when they're in high school or whatever. And, and yeah. 
but then they want to point a finger at you because you've evolved into something else and someone else. Right. I mean, there's, there's, I, I can point to countless times where, you know, good friends of mine that I thought, like you could see potential in other people and say, hey man, you would be good at whatever. Right. You, know, like you bring that situation to them. But like you said, they, they want to be stuck in that time. And I don't think it's our choice as friends to, you know, force anything on anybody. Right. right. Like I, I always, I always use the analogy, like, like for me when I'm driving, right. I always notice if I'm on the highway and I'm driving in the lane, say I'm driving in the center lane. Right. And that center lane starts to slow down. My first thought is I got to get out of here. Right. Right. I got to change lanes either to the left or to the right. And, you know, once you change that lane, sometimes, you know, you decide to speed up the pass, but sometimes you don't even have to speed up. If you just keep that same pace, the person that was in front of you, you'll, you'll slowly start to notice that they're drifting off behind. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like, you didn't want to change. You wanted to stay in that lane. And to, I always keep that analogy. Even when I'm driving, I think about it often. Like, you know, this this people in my life that I, I know could have done more, could have been better in life. Right. But, to stay in that lane. Yeah. Right? A, and, and and life passes you, man. It passes you by. Uh, that's a really, really dope analogy the way you just wrote that <laughs> down. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I think, I think you know, we're definitely going to benefit from that. That's a dope way of putting it down. Yeah. 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 Those are my, those are my uh, driver thoughts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to start from the beginning. I want to start from the very beginning. Um, what is what is your background? I am Canadian Jamaican, so first generation Canadian. Uh, parents are Jamaicans. Uh, came here. I always say my parents came here. This is how I remember. They came here the, the same year that uh, Wonderland opened up. So I think it was 1980. Oh wow! Yeah. So my grandmother and my mother touched down. Um, they were the first of the family to, to touch down in Canada. And, you know, as it goes, she filed for all the family back home. So all my uncles and aunts and cousins, they all came up at, right after, right? And um, we, <laughs> we, like my earliest memory of, you know, growing up is being in a house with like, I want to say like 15 to 20 people. What? Yes. <laughs> big family. Big, big family. So, um, I, the early, like I said, my earliest memory, uh, my family living, and my grandma still has a house there too, um, in the Rogers and Dufferin area, if anyone knows um, that area. So it's a very diverse, you know, part yeah. of the city, right? There's a lot of, a lot of Jamaicans in that area. It's right near Oakwood and St. Clair. There's a lot of Portuguese, a lot of Italians. So that was kind of my upbringing as a child, right? And being in a house with all your cousins, all your uncles and your siblings and, you know, growing up, it's like you get to see different personalities. Right. And you get to see, like, where you fit in in that mold. So for my for my mom, I was, at the time, I was the only child. Um, my first sibling, my little sister, she was born when I was six. Okay. So I was the baby for about six years, you know, all my cousins and, and their um, siblings. So I was a baby for a long time until my little sister came. So that dynamic of, you know, kind of getting what I want <laughs> <that> <laughs> was, was always there, you know. But 
it also showed me like the importance of family, like and and and, and um, you know sticking together. Right. Right. You talk about growth and growing, like you know, as I grew up, my uncles, you know, became uh, businessmen and career men, and they started their own families and moved out of the house. It was just like a like a domino effect, you know, like one by one, each mm. member kind of went their own way. And I remember we were the last set to leave my grandmother's house, my mom and, and um, my stepdad at the time. Mm. And I was nine going on 10 years old. So I, I went from a full house, you know, I don't know if you ever seen Home Alone, the first movie. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, the opening scene when um, they're all running around and the right. guys there. That was kind of what it was. Like for us, but oh, wow. in terms of, like a Jamaican household, right, 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 right. So it's a little different, yeah. <laughs> yeah a little different, you know, and it, I was about to say it wasn't a big house. I think if I can remember, it's like two bedrooms at the time. Wow, right? Yeah, man. So you know, we had a one bedroom with like two bunk beds in there and like eight kids. Holy <laughs> and shoot! My uncles had like the basement. They they made like a makeshift room, and you know so. That whole dynamic, man. It was a, you know, I, I grew up with having people in the house and having family around. And dinner time was always an event. You know, one kid has to set the table, the other kid has to do this. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was that kind of dynamic growing up. And um, you know, after we moved out, you know, things kind of changed for me in the sense of you know, family. Now it's like a, a more of a nuclear family: so mm, mom, dad, right. My 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 sister and my older brother who came up from Jamaica at the time. And um, so it was like a little smaller feel and a little different because we moved to Jane. Wow. You know, like like my, if people know Jane Street, Jane and, and Walnut area, you know. Oh, right the- smack there? <laughs> <laughs> yes, right the hood. <laughs> that is a culture shock. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So imagine going from, you know, like a, a nice residential area, you know, so to speak. And, yeah. you know, all the kids play outside and such and such. And, you know, you go to the rec center, you got swimming pools and then boom, you're in Jane and Walder. Wow. In 98? Yeah, 98 we moved there. And, uh, you know, my, my first memory, I'll never forget uh, meeting my friend Shane uh, at the ball court and the first time I went there, some guy tried to take my jersey from me. Wow. <laughs> you know, so it was like huge culture shock when you talk about that, right? Um, but yeah, man, that's, that's, man. that's kind of where things left off. And um, yeah, I was, I was there until I, I moved out and got married. You know, but a lot of lessons, a lot of lessons learned. Well, that's, that. that's the thing. Like, okay, so looking at where you were at Dufferin and Rogers there. Yeah. And then you look at your time, which is obviously a longer period where you spent at Wilner. Wilner. Mm-hmm. Okay, which of the two communities would you say you felt more connected to? Uh, definitely the Rogers and Dufferin area because I can pinpoint, um, I can definitely pinpoint like I first learned how to ride my bike there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I learned how to swim at the rec center. I did karate there. I did, um, you know, my first time playing basketball right. was at one of the, the, the schools, um, uh, one of those schools, the outside courts, you know, on a weekend, my, my cousin, my older cousin, Ricky would take me in 
you know, teach me how to play basketball. So I have like, you know, all my first time memories of things that I love and I cherish um, were there, right? Um, yeah, lifelong friends that I still talk to. You know, I we used to ride bikes together when I was like five, six years old. Like so many things, birthday parties, right? You know, all those type of things. And not to say that when I lived at Jane, it wasn't like that. But your first are always kind of more right. You cherished in that way. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. definitely see that. That yeah. that first house was it. So so, what lessons would you say you learned um, from Warner? Well. <laughs> Started, they taught me how to, you know, observe your surroundings. Uh, right? I mean, we, we can all, and I, I don't want to paint a bad light on it because I, I will highlight the good in it. But like you said, the culture shock was there the first time going to the courts, you know, meeting a friend, and then, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, someone saying, Hey, I want your jersey. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I'll give you that jersey, you know? <laughs> I wasn't used to that. So, I mean, a lot of the harsher lessons in life, I would say definitely I learned around Wilner there and going to school around there. You know, just just being in the community. I mean, there's a lot of great things about it, but, you know, we we can't be naive and say that it's not hard um, growing up in these areas. Right. right? There's There's always something around the corner that, could potentially be a problem for you, all right? And then, um, you know, you learn to adapt to your surroundings over time, and I did, right? And, uh, yeah, so. So, so uh, what, are you, what are you most proud about your culture? My culture, ooh, I would say I'm most proud of community, uh. you know? Um, you know, with my upbringing, like I said, being in a house full of, um, full of Jamaicans. You know, and I'm talking like the rawest form of Jamaican you could, <laughs> could think of. <laughs> you know, is that that's like when I think about culture, that's what I, my mind goes back to. It's like those family trips where we would, uh, you know, take a cooler full of, you know, bully yeah. beef sandwiches or you know stuff like that. We go to the Ontario place or Wonderland and we wouldn't go on the rides or anything. We just hang out in the like the little park area. Dope. So we were happy to be there. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was like the most fun I ever had in my life, like just being around, you know, that culture and, and that togetherness and we move as one and you know, yeah, over time things change, but yeah. That's what I hold close to to my heart for sure. It's just that community feel, you know. No, no. Now, yeah. I don't, I'm not trying to get you in trouble with this question I'm going to ask you, but <laughs> which family member makes the best food? Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. All right, I'm going to put it this way. I'm hey, hey, hey no, 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 don't, don't shortchange because you're afraid of family. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm going to put it this way. Okay, so there's stages that I remember, okay? Okay. So like, we used to do a thing um, back in the days where it's like, when everyone moved out, we we did like a, a you know dinner at each, each person's house. So it was a thing like one weekend my aunt would have it, the other weekend it'll be at my grandma's house, the mm-hmm. other weekend at my mom's house, and such and such. And I can definitely say for a, a long period of time, my aunt, I won't say her name, <laughs> you don't have to figure it out. <laughs> but my aunt, she threw it down. <laughs> <laughs> That's my theory. 
That's not true. And to this day, like to this day, I still like you know, I I, I creep up to her in the kitchen. I say, hey, hey, how do you do this? How do you you know how do you make the fried chicken like that? How does it taste like that? You know what do you put in it? Yeah, like, so, yeah. Trying to make it a big thing, but definitely my aunt. You know, shout out to her. Wow, that's dope. That's dope. You're going to get some smoke for that now. Oh, for sure. I'm not even telling them about this. <laughs> oh, man. oh, man. So so with all that, that family in that one house starting in the beginning yeah. and, you know, going to different family members' homes for dinner and different, you know, festivities and things like that. Which which family member would you say had the greatest impact on on you and then the oh, person that you become? 100% my uh, my cousin, Ricky. Um, you know, he was about seven years older than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, he, he was the one who, at the time, he was like my older brother, right? Uh, Before my actual older brother came up from Jamaica. So he was like, he was the one that taught me how to ride a bike, I play basketball, you know. He was the one who like looked up for me. He used to pick me up after school, you know. He was the one that like I looked up to in the biggest way, you know. No one else. Like my family will tell you, if you talk about him, like my name is right there. Like mm. I'm involved somehow, some way. So I definitely say my cousin Ricky. You know, shout out to him. So what, what what was he like? If you had to describe him, like what was he into? What kind of things were he in, was he into that? That drew you he, to him. He was, he was such a leader in in the family in terms of like, like he was the oldest out of all the um, the cousins and the siblings, right? Mm-hmm. But more so, he was like, he was a protector. He was someone who it seemed like he always had answers, right? Uh, you, you you'd be like, hey Ricky, you know, what's going on with here? What's going on with this? And he'll tell you, and he'll give you like detailed answers and really break it down for you and help you. Right, and he, he he just seemed like when I was younger, he seemed like he could do no wrong. You know what I mean? So he just and, made sure he stayed on top of things. Like he knew, current, right? Like he was aware of what was happening around the world and around his neighborhood and things like that. Right. Like okay. he he knew that we were always looking at him for stuff, mm-hmm. and he always was like prepared to answer and to you know to help. Like I remember when he first he first started driving, like he took me with him. And he was like teaching me, he's like, this, you know, this is like, the signs you look for. This is what happens. You know, I was maybe like 11. So I'm nowhere near right. ready to drive yet. But he's still like breaking it down to me. Like, hey, this is this. You know, look out for this. Right. I mean, the girls, like, he was the first one to like show me, like, you know, uh, like, hey, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he's a real older brother for me. And um, he taught me a lot, man. He taught me yeah. a lot. Taught, you know, he was the first one to introduce me to rap music and we used to like freestyle over kids wow but yeah man, he, was, he was he was the best he was my guy that's my guy for sure did you still talk to him to this day or um not really because you know he has gone through a tough time in terms of um his family okay, okay. you know and um it's something that doesn't really get talked about a lot in my household but you know he's he's, he's around i would say mm-hmm but the, the dynamic has changed. I'll say that. Okay. Um, okay. When it comes to him, but uh, he knows that he knows that he's he's super special to me. Dope. You know. Dope. And um, every time I think back, it's like I wouldn't be the way I'm now if it wasn't for him. Wow. That's yeah. dope. Now, t- yeah. tell me, tell me a bit about your parents. Um, yeah. What impact did they have on you? 
So like I said, you know, growing up in a, a super house, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, you know, the dynamic was still there where it's like, you know, grandma is the the don, she's the boss, and right. you know, but um, it was a tag team when it came to me um, between my grandmother and my mother. Right. So my mother was a super hard worker. She, you know, ever since I know that she's always gone to work. You right. know what I mean? Right. There's never been a time where it's like, oh, my mom's here just hanging out, chilling. No, like she's going out to get it somehow, some way. She um she was a, a cook, you know, she was a bus driver, a school bus driver, she was a uh, a custodian, she, you know, uh, had her own business, uh dry cleaning business. Like I mean wow. she was always working, man. Always working. Right? Always had business, always had something going on. And, um, you know, I used to look at that and say, you know, she's always out, but she's still mom. Right. You know, and she still played that role as mom to protect me and, you know, baby me when, <laughs> when I when I needed babying as right, a girl right. and, and that, that type of thing. And, you know, my grandmother was there, like like I said, like tag team. You know, if, if, um, if I was being taught something by my mother, you know, the minute she steps through the door, like grandma just steps right in, right? And then she, she'll be like, you know, this is how you do things. And, you know, we do it this way. And you always got to remember family and such and such. Like, it was always the same message being preached from the both of them. And, mm. you know, um, when it comes to my, my stepdad, like he also super hard worker, you know. Um, uh, when I, I go back, my earliest memory of him is him taking me to his soccer uh, practices. He's a referee. Okay. Yeah, so he's super big in like the Toronto scene. And uh he used to just take me around and like show me to his friends and say, Hey man, this is this is what I do this in my life and he also sold houses, the real estate agent. So, you know, I used to go around with him. So you see like you know there's constant work um ethics that I used to see right. from but then when it comes to the home part, that that never lacked. I don't know how they did it because I can't even do that now. Yeah, <laughs> My yeah. kids, like, I'm struggling. <laughs> yeah. But they, they they made it seem so easy and so seamless to like to be parents. But at the same time, when I look back, I'm like, you guys had, you know, three businesses and you know two full time jobs. Like, what, what were you guys doing? Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, it, it was they they taught me, you know, like I said, family is always important. You know, discipline and respect and and those things and you know they they showed me that you know you gotta always work for what you want yeah nobody's gonna give you anything um you know if you want something it's right there go and get it that's you it. know that's it so, yeah man that's 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 my memories of my parents and obviously now as an older you know young man yeah. <laughs> with his own family it's like I, I i see them now like they're more giving me nuggets here and there right they don't really sit down and, and drill anything into me. They just say, hey, sometimes try this, try that. Right, right. You know, do things this way. Yeah. So, you know, they kind of give me a little leash to, to make my mistakes, but yeah. at the same time, they're right there to help out. You know, wow. so I, I love them for that. Now, I noticed you didn't mention your biological father. Yeah. <laughs> that is a another podcast. Right? <laughs> Entirely different podcast. 
right. No, but uh, I mean, I'm I'm not you know, I talk about him, but it's not in a positive light because there is not much to talk about. But do you know light. him? Oh, for sure, absolutely. Okay. He was he's here. He um, <laughs> funny because uh, I used to visit him a lot, right? Okay. Indirectly. So. Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean indirectly? <laughs> that, that sounds like you're stalking him. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you. Okay. So, let me just get this all right. So, um, I live in Toronto, mm-hmm. right? Part of the city, down, downtown, if you want to call it. Um, he lived in Brampton. Okay. Right? Uh, first Mississauga, then Brampton after he got married. So, I have an older sister who's two months Older than I am. Oh. Do the math. Oh, that's easy math. That's easy math. Yeah. <laughs> right? Simple math. Quick math. <laughs> right? That's that's a real quick math, like. <laughs> so, you know, you can you can paint the picture there. Yeah. But um so the story was told to me over the years, you know, um, my mother, my grandmother, my his mom, which is my other grandmother, they've all told me the story over and over. And as I got older, um, I kind of just, you know, took it as he kind of just doesn't care. Right. You know? So the story goes, and I'll keep it short, obviously, but, mm-hmm. you know, him and my mother were together initially mm-hmm. uh, when, when she first came to Canada and they had me. And my mother said that when she was pregnant with me, she found out about my older sister. Right. And that's where everything went sideways. And she... She went back home with um, with my grandmother, and they had me, and he never showed up to even, you know, come to the hospital. Nothing like that. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of things that I heard over the years that I was like, okay, man, this is this right. is crazy, <laughs> you know. But being who I was, and I think this helped me a lot. Is like, I'm the type of person that doesn't, you know, crave attention. Yeah. So to speak. Like if you if you make the choice that like, say, for instance, you and I, if you decide that today that you never want to speak to me again, I'll be okay. Right. Right? I'll be disappointed, you know, because I, I cherish the friendship, but it's like, I'm not going to force myself onto anybody. Right. So, when I say I used to see him indirectly, um, his mom, my grandmother, used to take me to her house. Right? Oh. And so yeah, she would pick me up on the weekend sometimes or in the summertime, like just pick me up and, you know, have me sleep over for a couple of days or a week or whatever. And I would just see him randomly. Like he would just pop in at her house or, you know, she would take me there and I would see him. And I'd be honest with you, Derek, I never spoke to that man for one time. <laughs> wow. And that's not of like my doing. I never like, you know, I never initiated any conversation because, like I said, I was a quiet kid. You know, I never really spoke much. Right. But for him, like, looking back, like, he never came up to me and said, hey, how you doing? You know. So I, I always just put it as, like, he didn't care. And at that point, like, I'm, all right, you don't care. I'm good. I have the greatest family, you know, back home. I got a house full of people that love me and, you know, we're good. We have fun. We... You know, I'm good. Yeah. Right? I don't need to bring another dynamic into my life that seems like a problem. But wait, yeah. how, how young were you when you were experiencing this? No. Oh, man. Like, earliest memory, they were like five. 
six. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like I said, I was a, I was a fight kid, but I was, you know, very observant. And, and um, I understood at an early age, like, what things were mm. um, just by seeing. You know, you can learn a lot by just looking sometimes yeah. Yeah. and listening, right? And, and um, something that stuck with me for, for a long time is just looking and observing. The story that you want or that you're looking for sometimes, the truth is sometimes it's right in front of you. Yep. You know, you don't have to try to put it together. It's just right there in front of you. Yeah. So like I said, uh, meeting him and seeing him at family functions on his side of the family where I would, you know, go to like a barbecue or whatever, birthday party, wedding. Mm-hmm. He'd be there, but it's like he wouldn't interact with me. Right. And then over the years, you know, um, me and my older sister kind of got closer and we used to talk a lot and, you know, my other younger sisters were born and, you know, it was just a weird dynamic. And then, um, even to this day, like, we don't speak, right? It's wow. not, um, there's no hatred there. You know, probably, some people are probably listening like, wow, you're, that's strange. Like, but there's just no connection for me. I can't hate something I never had a connection with. Right, right, right. right. So, and, and like I said, my dynamic at home was so good. I was I was loved at home. So yeah, I'm, so you weren't I'm missing good. anything. I don't, I don't really need. Right. Like they will say, oh, there's your dad over there. I'm like, oh, that's cool. What's going on over here? Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of those. Like I, I, it never dawned on me that, you know, he's your father and you're right. supposed to have a relationship. I'm just saying he doesn't really want to talk, so I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. Wow. Yeah. That's it. That's incredible. I mean, I'm sure it's common in, in, in different scenarios and different situations as well. Like I, I've heard similar stories, but this one's unique because of the fact that you would still be in spaces with him yeah. and yeah. and still there's no connection. So that's different. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I I can't remember who it was, but someone else speaking to him, you know, telling them the story and whatnot. And they're like, like, are you okay? Like me, they're talking to me. They're like, are you mm-hmm. okay? Like, you know, something wrong with you because normally, you know, a child, you know, without a parent, once you introduce that parent, there's always like an effort to try to build a connection. Like, even as a child, like, you yeah. actually try to build a connection, but I'm like, it just wasn't there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The only real connection I can see, I probably look like him a little bit. Right. That's <laughs> it. But that's it. Yeah. You know? so, yeah, man. It's, it's interesting. There's no hatred, no nothing right there. Well, that's good. That's a positive. Yeah. Now, yeah. would you change anything about the way you were raised? It doesn't sound like you would. No, man. No. It was a <laughs> time of my life. I wish we could go back. <laughs> Do it all over again. <laughs> I'm serious, man. Hey, listen. I, 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 think, I think any and everybody listening would wish to go back. At least two years oh, back. So man. we don't have to deal with this that we just went through. <laughs> if I could go back to where I wake up, and all my cousins are in the house, and we, you know, having dance offs and rap off and sing off and like all these things, and going to the park. Yeah, you know, like oh man, I would love to go back, even for a day, just that's, a day, go dope. back and experience that, man. Yeah, that's dope. Now, looking back in your teens and your early twenties, yes. Um, in what ways did you mature? Right, mm-hmm. like just looking at situations and what what. Was there a situation that also triggered the change in you to be more mature, more responsible than maybe you were prior to that moment? For me, I would say it was before my teens. 
So I, I went to a, uh, a French immersion school. Mm. Right? Chris. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, go Can ahead. you speak a little French? A little. <laughs> 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 Hey, I'm, all, I'm only up to grade seven and that's it. <laughs> oh, man. No, the reason I'm asking because I'm putting my daughter through that right now and she is like, yeah, yeah. she it's hates tough. it, but it is you what know, it is. And for me, like, like French, okay, so not to brag anything, but, um, you know, they said, they, they told me that when I was younger, I was like a gifted student, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would learn at a faster pace. I would comprehend things at a faster pace and whatnot. So my mother's like, oh, he's smart. Put him in French immersion. Whatever. Yep. Um, so I, I start French immersion in, in the fourth grade. And it was the worst thing that they could have ever done. I hated it. I rebelled. I was like, I don't like this. I had to do math in French, science in French. Yeah. You know, all the subjects. I hated it. And when I tell you, my French teacher in grade four, she was the worst. You know, she didn't want to hear anything from me. <laughs> Just like, here's the work, do it, <laughs> you know? And um, so, yeah, like, I would say that time in my life. And this is the, at the same time when I moved to Jane. Okay. So moving from Rogers and Dufferin, um, I went to a school called Regal Road. Mm. No French immersion there. Things were great. Just loving it. Um, fourth grade comes along. And like I said, they're, they're assessing me. They're like, oh, yeah, just they put him in French immersion. Worst choice ever. Wow. All, all the grades started dipping. I was not, you know, I was coming home crying a lot. Mm. Um, you know, I, I just didn't like it. Yeah. This wasn't for me, right? So yeah. I, I suffered through it for three years. Uh, the seventh grade, I said, man, I had enough. Get me out of this right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, my mom agreed and things started to look up. And I would say the change for me, and, you know, I always look at this as such a vital point in my life is, Joining the basketball team. Mm. I played in the sixth grade, but the seventh grade was different because, you know, I started to hit a growth spurt. I started to, you know, play a little better. And I think that's when I really built my confidence Mm. as a man. Like I I told you, I was a mute kid for the most part. I would just be quiet in my corner. The only time you hear me speak is when I'm at home with all my cousins. We're having fun and, you know, I'm playing around. Yeah. Um, Outside of that, I was quiet. Oh. So when I started to play basketball, there was a teacher in the seventh grade, <laughs> Mr. Stevens and Mrs. Wazley. They were like, they were in uh, in opposite classrooms in the same hallway. So like they were right across from each other. And anytime you were in one of the other's classroom, that teacher, the opposite teacher would pop in and say, hey, what's up, whatever, right? So I never forget one morning, Mr. Stevens pops, pops in the room and, you know, he's looking around saying good morning to everyone. And he looks at me and he says, Sheldon, you're doing a great job. And I never heard that from a teacher before. Mm. <laughs> you know, even being like in the gifted side of the class, like he, the way he said it, I don't know if it's how he said it, but he's just like, you're doing a great job. Keep doing what you're doing. Blah, blah, blah. He just put so much confidence in me. Yeah. And it kind of just clicked, you know, like... I can be something. I can, you know, excel in something. I can, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just give me confidence overall. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, playing basketball, getting more notoriety. And it's just, like, I just became more of me outside of the house. Wow. 
And so that personality that was in the home started to come out at school and I started to do better in school and just more confidence, right? Yeah, and, uh, yeah man, it really changed the trajectory of my life, for real. Wow, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah. <clears throat> I want to shift gears a little bit. Um, what's What's the one thing for you in a relationship, any relationship, it can be personal, it can be, um, you know, <clears throat> something that is not intimate or anything like that, but mm-hmm. one thing that is unforgivable. <laughs> unforgivable? Yeah. Ooh. Like you can't Dude. forgive because Dude, of this one thing. Um. Oh man, you made me think about this. I'm a, I'm a very forgiving person. <laughs> That's why I'm uh, asking this. <laughs> um, let me see. Okay, for for friendships, like you know, me and a friend, uh, I would say the worst thing is maybe talking behind my back in a mm. negative. Okay, I think that would hurt me a lot because. The way I speak about my friends behind their back and in front of their face, like I always speak hype. Like even though it might not be hundred percent true, I'm always like big in the mouth. I'm like, yo, he's the greatest. Right. Right. <laughs> like go like go work with him or, or you know, go talk, he's the greatest, she's the greatest. Like right. you know, so if I feel like or if that comes back around and it's not the same, mm-hmm. it's not reciprocated the same way, I think that would probably hurt me a little more and I'll probably maybe I will maybe I don't know right right I I think it depends on how much is invested in that relationship too right absolutely absolutely yeah Yeah. okay that's fair enough but what if what if it's say for example your wife okay what can she what would she have to do for you to not forgive her I mean the obvious is there like she cheating is if, uh, you mean what if she stepped out? If she, yeah, if she stepped out. That's yeah. You know that's, that's interesting because I had a, I had a conversation about that not too long ago, and yeah, it's I I find that we say that mm-hmm. when we're not in it mm. as men, right? Like we say, no, 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 that's it. I'm gonna I'm not gonna continue yeah. the relationship. I wouldn't even give her a second chance. I won't listen to it and just move on. Right, right. But for some reason. We have this conception or, or this idea in our heads that we deserve a second chance if we were the ones to do it. Mm, you're hitting on something right there. <laughs> <laughs> because I like I think I think we speak in that way because we would imagine like the pain that we would go through. Right. You know what I mean? And and a lot of times as men especially, like we look at things from our lens. Yeah. Right, we never, or I say never, but we rarely look at it from like how how are they feeling. Right. So when we get angry, there's only one person we're thinking about, and that's ourselves. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So it's like if if they were to hurt us in that sense, it's like okay, I don't even care about how you feel or felt in, or whatever. Mm. I'm just angry and me, me, me. I'm done. I'm. You know what I mean? Like if there's no thought of hey, how are you? Like what's your mental state? in this moment why why did you you know even think of doing something like, you know there's none right, of that right but again you know that's just our thought if we were to like if you bring up the question you know if it were to happen that's my initial thought but if i was in it i probably couldn't tell you how i feel exactly that's why that's why it's, yeah it's very interesting though i i i find that to be very fascinating that we're, we're quick to say that and i think 
yeah. when you really <laughs> sit and think to yourself, yeah, the only person that's really speaking the way we're speaking when we're not in it is the ego. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. The pride is like, yeah, it's like it's like a badge that we wear. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You know, it's like armor. <laughs> you know, like a like a. Like who's it? Like one of these superheroes? Like anybody? When they power up, like the armor just comes around. Yeah, them. yeah. Iron Man, you know, <laughs> like that's the pride. Like when you're ready to get angry, the yeah. pride wraps you around. Like, that's you know? it. That's it. It takes over. It's like no, we, we will not accept this. Me and my ego yeah. will not accept this. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. That's it. It, it. It's almost like we tell ourselves we become less of a man, right? Like yeah, exactly. It's, but you know what? It's interesting because, like, I don't know why men especially, why we don't want to feel less. Like, okay, if you were to feel lesser in that moment, right? And if it were to benefit you to be lesser in the moment, why would you want to do it? Right. You know, like, let's, let's, let's frame it like, okay, you're in a fight with somebody, mm-hmm. right? And this person is obviously more skilled than you and fighting or bigger than you, stronger than you, it would be wise to say, hey, man, maybe not, let's not do this. Let's talk it out. Let's let's reason about it. Let's, you know what I mean, find a different way. To the outside, it will look like you're being lesser. Right. right? You don't want to fight. Because that's what everyone is expecting, you know, men to be when in that situation is to fight for your honor, for your pride, which I think is crazy. But, you know, a lot of times we as men don't want to, step down from our pedestal mm-hmm. to like benefit ourselves. Cause in the long run, what would you rather have a black guy get knocked out and be embarrassed or, you know, take a lesser approach and a more humble approach um, to where others might say, Oh, he's soft. Okay. I might be soft, but I didn't get a black guy today. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I knocked out in the middle of the street. Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, man, that pride thing is crazy, man. It's crazy. <laughs> I, I used to deal with that a lot, too. You know what I mean? I used to feel like I was invincible. And, you know, I, I learned over time to just, you know, look at things from more than just my perspective. Yeah. Or see, see the entire field, try to, like, say, okay, what's going to benefit me the most? Right? What's going to benefit me or my family the most? So, wow. yeah, that's, that's how I live now. Man. Send me. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's no, but it's one of those things that I I definitely think about a lot is is how we carry ourselves in different spaces, right? When you're alone, what movie what movies you watch, but you'll never tell somebody else outside because you feel like oh (laughs) for a long time. Like simple things like that. Yeah, this is a secret about me. For a long time, I never used to tell anyone that I enjoy watching romantic comedy movies. Like, I would sit there and watch Hallmark cheesy uh, Christmas movies. Yep, yep. And, like, like for hours. Yep. (laughs) Right? And and, um, uh, who was I telling? Someone on Facebook, I think, they were just saying, like, you know, what kind of movies do you like? Oh, yes, I, I saw that post, yes. You saw it, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just typed it in. I'm like, I love romantic comedies. Yeah. They were like, I would have never guessed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, man, you, you, listen, you like what you like, and, um, you know, I think we're in a time now where, you know, a lot of people are a lot more accepting of others yeah. in a, and their preferences, and I think that's okay. You know, um, obviously, we're not accepting 
the worst of the worst. Like if you're, you see, I like to kill people. Like, oh, so down. Yeah. Like, we can't have that. But you know, people are more. I would say our society is more accepting of, you know, people and what they like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. So, random question though: Do you believe in soulmates? Soulmates? Yeah, soulmates. No. Why the not? Reason, reason why? Mm-hmm. Uh, because in my experience, you know, I've been married for nine years now. Congratulations. What was that? <laughs> some applause. I gotta give you some applause. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you, man. You know, uh, nine years strong, man. I love my wife. Shout out to Tammy. Um, but I, I truly believe that, you know, going back to what we talked about earlier, like you make a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you, you choose to love people. Yeah. You, I, I don't believe in, you know, um, I, I fell in love with you and I can never, you know, I can never change that. Like, I don't believe in none of that. Even though know, I love these cheesy movies, I don't believe in it. The man said he loves the romantic comedies. Then he said, nah, I don't believe in that. You know what? I think I just figured it out. That's why I like them because I'll be sitting there, I'm like, that doesn't happen, man. What are you Oh, but honestly, like you can't tell me that you know you wake up every morning and you you know cook breakfast and you right right house and you know just because you're in love, like no, yeah, you choose to do those things, you know, because you want whatever you have to last, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's something that has to be maintained. So when people say like my soulmate, like in my mind, it's like oh, that person is meant for me regardless. Like no, I don't, I don't believe in that. Yeah, you, you can you earn you earn your place, and you can also lose your place. Yeah, it, it's just like anything in life. We earn we earn the job that we have. We earn the, our careers, our education. We earn these things. We earn our friendships, right? Yeah, yeah. You have to work for your friendship. Yeah, I gotta reach out to you sometime, even though it might not be every day. But I reach out and say, "Hey, man, what's up? Right, let's go hang out, or you know, let's talk, whatever." Same thing with, with relationship. I think you work for it. And I, I don't think it's a magic thing that, you know, God said, hey, that's your um, soulmate. And regardless of what you do, it'll never know. It's not like that. Yeah, he'll choose for you. You know, I believe that, you know, God has somebody for everybody. But you got to work to keep it. That's a you fact. Know? Yeah, man. <laughs> that is a fact. It's funny. I, I always looked at relationships as like a business agreement. Yes. Right. And and when I first say it, you know, when I first said it in front of maybe some some females, the response was like, whoa, where's this going? Right. But I have to explain it to people because it really is. It's it's one entity Mm -hmm. merging with another entity. That's right. And they're coexisting. They're making it work together. A merger. That's what it is. Think about it like. All right, you're, you're, you, like I said, I just told, you know, everyone my entire life to this point almost. And, you know, I'm bringing all my experiences, all of my, you know, um, experiences, like I said, and I'm bringing that to another human with other experiences. Yep. It might not be the same as mine. Exactly. 
you know, it might be similar in some sense. I tell people all the time, my wife and I do not have similar interests. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which is natural. But it is natural. Yeah. You know, and then people always say like, you know, oh, you got to have same taste in this. I know we don't, but guess what? I learn by being with her. Yeah. You know, I learn who she is by being with, spending time with her. I learned that, you know, she likes this over this or, you know, whatever the case may be and vice versa. You know, you can't just say that um, because that's my soulmate, you know, everything's going to be roses and rainbows. Like, no. Nah. You got to work for everything, man. You got to work at it. Yeah, you really have to. Because I remember when we first, my wife and I first started um, dating and and whatnot. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the hardest conversations we had was she wanted me to be her best friend. And mind you, we're like, I think early twenties or, or, or so. Okay. And I said, I can't be your best friend. And, right. you know, obviously she, her world is shattered now because she's like, well, <laughs> we've been dating for this long and, you know, I should yeah. be, she wants me to be her best friend. I said, no, I can't because right. when I need to vent, I can't vent to my best friend about her. Exactly. That's unhealthy. Exactly. And so yeah. because I'm not able to vent, guess what? I'm with you. And you think I'm being perfect, but there mm-hmm. are some resentments that I'm not allowed to say because of what's going to happen when I say it. That's right. So you're you're slowly killing me and silencing me by putting me in that position. So I was like, nope, I'm not going to do it. You better go out and hang out with your friends. Keep, keep your BFFs and, and all of that stuff. I'm going to do what I do because we are two different people mm-hmm. coming to coexist. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You yeah. know, I mean, I, I, can, I can say that's probably similar. Uh, my relationship here is like I have my friends that I we have a lot of mutual friends let, let me just get that mm-hmm. we have a ton of mutual friends we have a ton of mutual long term friends like over 15 years you know we've known these friends and whatnot. Yeah. but when I need to I have a group of friends that you know she's not mutual with in terms of like we don't hang out together right. with these friends so I if I like you said you need to vent sometimes you just need a different Peace, you know, because it's not always about venting. Yeah, it's not like anytime I leave my wife, I have to. Vent. Right, <laughs> no. exactly. It's just sometimes I need a different change of pace. Right, I might go see friends from elementary and we talk about life and mm-hmm. we laugh or joke, or you know, I go with my friends who play ball or whatever the right. case is. It's just a different pace. Yeah, and I think people need to understand that, um, you know, even though you're married, you're not locked into just that person forever in terms right. of. You're everything. You know, it sounds nice to say you're my everything, but hey, let's be real now. They should not be your everything. You need time away. Yeah. All right? Yeah. To miss them, to, to, you know, to come back to all of that stuff. Well, that's so the thing. I like, yeah. You, you mentioned it earlier. Earlier in the conversation, you mentioned we were talking about growth. Yes. If I never experienced something different outside the walls that we live in. Right. How are we going to grow together? That's it. There you go. I have nothing to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Nothing new anyway, right? So I don't want you to know me as the same person. So meaning I only eat this type of food and I wake up this, you know, this time of day and I only watch this type of show and I, right. I can't, I can't evolve from that. No, that's, that's death. And you know, sometimes it's like, you know, if you go out there and I'm not telling people to go out there than marriage, I'm just saying like, there's times where you need, like I said, a different change of pace, a different yeah. team. Sometimes that could benefit what you have at home. Exactly. So, you know, you might you might go out and, and meet somebody and say, you know, meet a guy who's, I don't know, working in the field that you're trying to get into and 
he says, hey, man, you should try this, you should try this. And you come back home, you say, honey, man, I met this guy today, and, you know, he gave me some interesting knowledge, and, you know, it could benefit us, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, stuff like that could advantage the both of you. Right. But if you're just, you know, stuck side by side and never want to, you know, hang out anywhere else or be away from each other for even, like, a day, then that's an issue to me. Mm-hmm. To me, right? Um it, it's it's good to to see pers- different perspectives. Yeah, you know, I always say that. Like, I anytime I find myself hearing the same opinions over and over, I kind of feel I feel weird. Like, to myself. I feel like I'm being I'm not advancing myself. I need to hear different opinions. Right. You know, and people tell me like some even on my social media, I'll put out random questions and just to get the feel of like what are people thinking of this? Yeah. You know. And sometimes for fun, sometimes not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what inspires you to do what you do every day? Oh man, you know what? It's for me that's a loaded question. Um, because I know a lot of people say I'm inspired by my kids and I'm inspired by whatever. For me and for me only, I can only speak for me. For me, I'm always a curious individual as to like how does the world work? You know, how do different people operate? Right. Like I'm always trying to find something that would take me to the next level. That always inspires me. Growth inspires me. Right. First simple, first simple thing. Growth inspires me. I I remember um, a time when I, I just got married, 2013, and. You know, I, I felt like I was stuck in terms of career-wise, mm-hmm. right? Um, I was doing a dead-end job. I was, you know, delivering parts for cars. And, you know, it was tough on me. You know, I'd, I'd come from a you know, security background. I used to do private security for MLSC. I used to do, like, signing events. I used to, you know, pick up um, celebrities. And, so, you know, so it was a different pace in my life at that time. Right. And, I go to do this job now and I feel like I'm stuck, mm. you know, and it was a weird time in my life, but I realized it was teaching me like that, you know, when you make a decision in life, one, you have to stick to it. So I made a major commitment. I got married at 23, major commitment, right? Mm. And it was like, now you got to take care of this family, but you can't do it the way you think is right. 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 So not like, Things like just growing, it always it always pushes me. Every day I wake up and I, and I go, I leave my house. I feel like I have to learn something new. I have to find a new perspective in life in terms of like, you know, how does this person who I consider is at a, a further place than I am, how do they get to where they are? Right. How, how are they living at that level? Yeah. I'm always trying to advance. You know, I always ask you questions about certain things. <laughs> like yeah. I, 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 I don't hold back. I'm just like, hey man, what's this about? Like, explain this to me. Like, you know. Yeah. And I'll sit and I'll listen all day. You know, I think that's what inspires me. Just grow. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. If if you had to um, teach your kids one thing, mm-hmm. like that's the only thing you can teach them. What would that be? One thing. Mm-hmm. Responsibility. Wow. Yeah. Responsibility. And that, for me, that covers a lot of ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a seven-year-old and a one-year-old, right? 
And my seven-year-old now, she's at the age where, you know, she's kind of like a, not a preteen, but like she behaves like it. I don't even know if you understand. Yeah. I no, no, I, I do. I got a six, <laughs> about to turn seven. Yep. I know okay, exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> Trying to use some slang in the house. I'm like, cut that out. Exactly. Like, don't you know, do that. She's very, she's very intelligent. And she's, she's like a sponge. But, and what I noticed is she's like, she's like me, right? When I was younger, the only difference between me and her when we were that age is that she talks a lot more. Yeah. She's very expressive in terms of like, if she's feeling a certain way, she's going to tell you. Yeah. Right. So I always tell her that you have to be responsible for everything that you do. Even the words you say, mm-hmm. you got to be responsible for it. Right. I teach her, I'm like, okay, if we're going to go ride a bike today and um, you know, we come back, you can't just leave your bike in the yard because if it gets stolen, whose fault is it? Hmm. Is it the person that took it or is it your fault for leaving it out there? Yeah. You know, little things like that I try to like instill in her yeah. at this age because she's a sponge man. She learns and she picks up a lot. And I I'm I'm sort of fearful as a father that, you know, she might take the wrong things and soak it in. But you know, I always tell her that you have to be responsible. It's, you know, for, for whatever you do, for whatever you're involved in, you have to be responsible for that. Yeah, that's it's it's funny you say that because this weekend so my daughter forgot her glasses she has two pairs right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she forgot one of them at school so we gave her the second pair to go to school with and we said bring back both (laughs) right Right. yeah so she only brought back the one that we gave her that morning Mm. and the condition was if you don't bring back both Mm -hmm. then you're not using any of your devices this weekend there you go. Hey, by the way, that's a killer right there. Right? <laughs> oh, you should see her this weekend. Trying to get through it. Oh, she tried everything oh. to try to get these, these devices. I'm like, nope. And so yep. the, the conversation was, now you understand that if you're mm. not responsible with your items, <laughs> there are consequences. That's right. Right? And you may not like the consequences, but it, you'll, you'll learn to understand and appreciate them because mm-hmm. you if you don't understand that, from now, then you're in trouble as you get older. You're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and um, I, I I can put it to my upbringing. Like I said, with my grandmother and my mother, you know, they used to tag team. So it would be like, okay, I would be tasked to, you know, say set the table for dinner, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they would say the table's got to be set by, let's say, 7 o'clock. Dinner's going to be ready. And in that house at that time, you have 15 people, you know, dinner's ready at, 59 <laughs> it's done yep right and if that table is not set at seven o'clock when everyone starts to trickle in you know all 15 of them are looking at you it's like hey where's the plates where's the first where's the right. nice where's yep. you know, the, the napkins and all these yeah. things and who are they gonna come to <laughs> <laughs> right so at an early age it's like you gotta be responsible yeah. right? it, it always stuck with me it's like hey if I'm given a responsibility I'm responsible for that responsibility, period. That's it. I'm responsible for what I say. I'm responsible for how I act, how I react, everything. So I try to, I'm trying to teach my kids to say. What? (laughs) Now, okay. So check this out. How do you deal with people that you don't like? I stay away. 
That's it. Still, just, just keep a distance. I, I, okay, so there's a famous saying that says, you never argue with a fool because... <laughs> People can't okay. tell who's who. <laughs> yeah, someone, someone doesn't know who's who, right? That's right? So for me, <laughs> being the kid I was growing up, like I never wanted someone to think that I was... Um, you know, not capable or lesser than. Like, I didn't want anyone to think any negative right. thing about me. So, like, if if someone has an issue with me, I always I always look at it like, if it's not something I did directly to you, then that's a you problem. Yep. Right? And because <laughs> I've avoided so much conflict just by living in that, you know, with that mindset, it's like, I don't even know what I did. But if I did something, I apologize. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I leave it right there. That's it. I leave it right there. People who have issues, even to this day at work, you know how the job is. Yeah. You know, they might have an issue with something that you're indirectly responsible for or you're not even responsible for. Yeah. I, I leave it alone. Yeah. Right? Because in the moment, there's nothing I can do to change your view of me or your your feeling of me in that moment. So I leave it alone. Right. People might say, hey, you got to deal with your problems um, um, straight up. I don't believe in that. Yeah, yeah. Because with me, it's not a problem. Right, right. You're the <laughs> one with was, the problem, so you exactly. stay over there. That's it. So if I were to jump into it now, I'd become a part of the problem, you know, that I willingly jumped into. It's like, yeah. no, I'm not. I, I actively avoid um, negativity, confrontation, all those things, because you know, growing up, I've seen how that affected others, right? Yeah. In so many ways, like, there's times where, you know, someone's name was brought up in a situation that they had nothing to do with. But because they, you know, because they pursued it, right? now they're involved in something they're not even ready to be involved in. Yeah. Right? So the, I've learned, man, over the years, hey, if it doesn't benefit me, there's no reason that I need to be involved in it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> So we're at the yeah. part in the show where um, my segment, Thinking Out Loud. Okay. So I'm going to ask you the most random question. <laughs> <laughs> Are you nervous, by the way? <laughs> I'm super nervous. Go ahead. <laughs> you got to pick one. Don't overthink it. You ready? Okay. <laughs> Would you rather have a oh. great body, but yeah. below average intelligence or mediocre body and average intelligence mediocre <laughs> mediocre body yeah 100% 100%, 100%. I'm gonna tell you why or can, I, can I say why or yeah, oh no for sure go for it okay so if I had an incredible body right that was, yeah. that was the option right? incredible yeah. body yeah the amount of work that it would take just to maintain that body I don't have time for anything else You know what I mean? Like, I see these guys out here, you know, lifting weights and they posting on social media. They don't have time for nothing. I'm not trying to be that person. I'm good. But the downside to that is if you have a great body, but below average intelligence, you won't be able to maintain it. So well, there you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Give me mediocre body. All day. <laughs> <laughs> At least that with the average intelligence, you'll know how to maintain that, right? <laughs> oh, man. 
<laughs> no, I appreciate that. That that's just something to break it up a little bit. Um, if if all jobs, if every job on the planet paid one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, okay, what job would you want to have? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm gonna need more than one hundred and fifty. The way things are going right now, <laughs> 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 have you seen the gas prices, sir? <laughs> Man, don't even want to drive anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm gonna need two fifty up front. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny you say that because um, yesterday we, we took my son to uh, gymnastics, and yeah. my wife said the same thing. She's like, "Oh my gosh, gas is one seventy three, right?" And so she's like, "But that's just for regular people. What about the people with the, with the <laughs> premium gas?" <laughs> hey. Those people, I have dusted off the old little hoopsie that they got in the garage. <laughs> and they got to drive that. No. Oh, gosh. What <laughs> I, haven't seen, I haven't seen a lot of BMWs on the road lately. Right? <laughs> and then we saw a Hummer. We're like, I wonder how much that one's going to cost him. <laughs> oh, Hummer? Oh, man. I'm praying for that person. <laughs> oh, man. That is crazy, what though. Job, what job would I have? You know what? There's... I've always wanted to be, and this is like early, I'll say like when I was maybe 16, 16. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to be a part of a, like a, uh, an NBA organization. So like, you know how they have like the ball boy or oh, okay, or the staff or some staff in, in a building. I just love going to like an arena. I, you know, I just, man, <laughs> if I could go to an arena every day, and you know, watch basketball on the side yeah. while I'm doing a job. That that would be my dream job, right there, for sure. Wow. That's yeah, dope. I'm a simple guy, man. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I'm going to shift gears and talk about the podcast a bit. All right. Yeah. We kind of started off with it, uh, but I want to focus on it a little bit more. Uh, what's sure. the story behind the name? This is going to sound bad. So. Um, initially, like I said, the show was going to be with me and Melissa at first, but I said, you know, I wanted more voices on and wanted more opinions on the show. Um, so initially, the, it was going to be called the Melon Shell Show, right? Where we mm-hmm. just go back and forth, you know, man versus woman type of, type of vibe. Yeah. Um, but as we came, became a collective, um, we had some ideas written down, and Jerome had not in service podcast. Oh, right? okay. Seeing as, you know, our jobs and, mm-hmm. you know, what we do. So, um, one day I was doing, I think I was doing some drops, right? We were, I was recording some drops for the show. This mm-hmm. was like early on, early, yeah. early on. And I had slipped up and said, you know, welcome to the No Service Podcast. Mm. And it just, I played it back and I, I sent it to them. I said, yo, guys, <laughs> I said, listen to this. You got something. Yeah, we got something. Dope. Right, but um, um, honestly, like we make a joke now because a lot of guys, you know, don't like to show up to work some days, so yeah. they like to make jokes and say, uh, <laughs> "Our podcast is accurately named No Service." <laughs> 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 we don't like to show up to work, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, man, that, that's that's it's a simple, simple, um, simple okay. concept. You know, I really, like I said, it was birthed out of the lunchroom. And in the lunchroom, we're not in service, you know. Right. Where we're our, I feel like we're our true selves yeah. in that lunch. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's kind of, like I said, that's where I got the idea for the show. 
So, you know, I wanted it to mirror that. And, you know, those, those services, perfect. It just sounds amazing. Man. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. It definitely has a ring to it. That's why I wanted okay. to know. Um, Thank you. So, how long has it been since it's launched? Uh, it's just over a year now. We launched in January, um, right in the pandemic. So, or no, sorry, 20, yeah, 21. So, it was supposed to be August of 2020, mm-hmm. in the middle of the pandemic. But my daughter was born, and uh, mm-hmm. obviously put a hiatus on that. Um, you know, Mel was upset. <laughs> Shout out to Mel. <laughs> she really wanted to start in August, but, you know. Um, but, yeah, so it's been over a year now, man. It's been great. You know, I this is the first time I have, I want to say, stepped into this just this realm of content creation. It's where you prepare for a show. You, you know, you do your uh, pre-programming and, you know, you're producing the show and you're coming up with ideas and you're bouncing ideas off each other the first time I've been in this type of uh, setting, right? Yeah. And what I've learned is that <laughs> it is hard to do this. It's not easy. It's not. It's not. You know, people think that we just turn the mics on and we start talking and we laugh. And it's, sometimes we argue over stuff. Yeah. You know, we get mad at each other for, you know, not, you know, doing our best or whatever. Like, right. It's a lot of work, man. A lot of work. But I would say for the most part, you know, when those mics are on, it's just like it's magic. I can't even explain it. Like it's just the greatest thing, the greatest feeling. You know, sitting there with my co-host. You know, yeah. it's just it's the best, man. I love it. I love it. It's a, it's a great escape. I find it. Um, just be able to yeah. do this and and what some of the benefits for me has been is literally having conversations like this with people yeah. that I don't get to. For example, I might see you in a different setting, but we wouldn't have this conversation. No, no, no. no. Right. Sure. Time would not permit. And maybe the environment would not permit. Right. right. And the energy might not permit, but that's the beauty in it. Like I've reached out to some random people on, on, on the online and yeah, I've interviewed them and I've yeah. got to learn and know about them. And now we are in contact. You see, mm-hmm. I, I think I told you one time, like one of the episodes and I'm not going to remember it now, but yeah. I was listening to it on the way home and it brought me to tears. Yeah. You know, yeah. just like the conversation. I think you told me that you did not know that person beforehand. Yeah. You yeah. know, and um, I, like, it was crazy. It was like late night too, like four in the morning driving home. And I'm wow. sitting in the car crying. I'm like, I got to tell Derek this. <laughs> <laughs> That's I don't know dope. what you're doing, man, but man, what you're doing is amazing. And honestly, when you told me you were starting, man, I was really happy. You you guys actually inspired me. And I was telling Jerome that too. I was just like, because I know he was planning it. And I told him about, you know, me potentially starting something. And I think the part that people don't understand is, like you just mentioned it, the work that goes in behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You got to prep. You got to then make it happen. Then you got to, the post is, it's it's a mother. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Right? Times like I look at the file, and I'm like, you know, oh man, I got we got to edit all this, right? Oh, before Wednesday, or sometimes you have an idea the night before, before. <laughs> yeah, and then it doesn't come to fruition. It's like, man, right? But, you know, it's it's still amazing, man. but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's oh, worth sure. it. You know, sure. um, walk walk me through the process leading up to the launch, right, of the first episode. Because I, I really just want people to understand what it takes. I mean, we kind of spoke about it 
but yeah. what was the emotional um, state that you were in? Because I know this is like your baby, and yeah, then yeah. and then you brought in the co-host, right? But yes, what was that pressure like? You know what? Um, so like I said, I had this thought at work, sitting in the lunchroom, just you know, just observing, like I always do, you know. And um, I put it out, I put it out there, and Mel reached out to me, and you know, it took a while. I want to say I. I came, or I put the post out, I want to say, like, July. I can look back, but I think it was, like, July, right? And Melissa hit me the same day, said, hey, let's do it together. I said, cool. And, you know, like I said, we were planning to start in August 2020. Yeah. It didn't come to fruition until January, I want to say, second or third week or something, somewhere there. Yeah. Um, But even just, like, the first time we all sat down at my house in the basement, and it's like, we're going to do this. I didn't even know how to start. I was speechless. I'm like, what do I do? Right, right, right. <laughs> Where do I go? Like, they're here now. This is real. We have the equipment. You know, we, we spent money on microphones and a soundboard and, a, you know, mm-hmm. all these things. And it's like, okay, I don't even know where to start. And the best part about it, if you listen back to episode one, I said right off the top that uh, we I didn't record our first conversation. <laughs> wow! Did record. That's how nervous I was. <laughs> so we had sat there for I want to say like an hour and a half, maybe longer. Wow! And after the conversation was over, I looked at the the the, the board, and there were no lights flashing. Oh no! <laughs> oh man! And, and, and honestly, this is when I knew that we had something special. I looked at them. I said, guys. I'm sorry, but I forgot to hit record. And, you know, the initial reaction, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then they just turn around like, let's do it again. That's it. That's it. Okay, we got something here. Wow. Like, we re-recorded and, you know, obviously some things were were repeated, but it was like the same energy. Yeah. Same feeling, the same vibe. It was perfect. And I said, man, this is going to be something special. And it's been great. That's dope. That's dope. You have a you have a favorite topic or a moment um, throughout, on any episode or anything like that you can share with us. Uh, favorite moment on the show. No, no, I'm gonna tell you mine. Okay, there was right. a guy who called in, yeah. and, and Melissa gave him a heck of a hard time. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. That's up there. That's top and, three for me. And that guy was upset, and you guys didn't help it. <laughs> Okay, and so, he even brought it up on the next episode. I'm like, why are we why are we doing this to this guy? <laughs> listen, man. I'll tell you what. Okay, so let me frame it, right? So this is Melissa's friend, okay? I'm not gonna say his name. Y'all can yeah. go back to the episode. Um he had so we were talking about whatever we were talking about, and Mel said, I have a friend who, you know, he he believes something totally different. Right. So I'm like, all right, let's call him. This is before they even uh set up the mic to talk or whatever. Yeah. We spoke to him. And this dude came on the phone with fire. He was just going like, he's blah, 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 blah. So, you know, Jerome and I were laughing because I'm like, okay, this is, and we have to record this. So Mel's like, okay, call, we're going to call you back. Um, save your thoughts, blah, blah, blah. And we called him back. You know, he came with the same fire, same energy. And we're like, all right, let's go. So, you know, it was a great moment, man. But wow. it was it was so it was so organic. Like, yeah, yeah. That wasn't even like planned, and it was just in the moment. And I was like, yeah, 
this guy, he's got this opinion. All right, let's bring him on. Oh, man. That's, it was just too much, man. I couldn't stop rolling. I felt bad for him, but I was like, nah, he had it coming. He, just... yeah, he made his bed and he laid it. He, he locked himself in that bed. <laughs> but, but, but the kicker was when you guys just stomped him on the next episode, I'm like, wait, wait, he had nothing to do with this episode. Why, why did we bring him back to stomp him? <laughs> Uh, he, he was highly requested after that. <laughs> <laughs> he was highly requested. <laughs> uh, oh, man. <laughs> uh, me personally, I, I don't have a favorite moment. I could say that, like, like any time that we... Like, there's been so many moments off camera or yeah. off mic that we were on the floor. Like, our Christmas episode... You know, uh, with Chevy. Yes. We, you know, before or after we filmed, yeah, the first after the first episode, you know, we were sitting there just talking, you know, in the festive spirit and whatnot. And, you know, the joke started to fly. And I tell you, man, we were on the ground. <laughs> it was such a good time, you know. So, like, like for me, it's just, you know, being able to recreate that that vibe that's in that lunchroom. Because, you know, if you're not there, you wouldn't understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But we really try to bring that same feeling to the podcast, right? So whatever you hear on the podcast is like a scaled down version of what really happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so um, yeah, man. I, you know, I could say for sure, just being here with these with these guys and my calls, like that's it's, it's a great feeling. That's dope. That's dope. What can what can all your your new listeners that are listening to this episode right now that's going to check out the podcast what can they expect when they start listening to your show well for sure we're gonna you know we're gonna talk our talk um we're four 30 something year olds i'll leave it there (laughs) (laughs) um you know we're we're career people we have a you know um similar interests but also we have very broad interests in terms of like opinions and stuff like that so I, i would say expect to be entertained expect it to be like a kickback with your best friend. Yeah. You know, we, we try to cover topics that might be serious sometimes, but we try not to take ourselves too serious. Yeah. yeah. You know, the world is a, is a crazy place, especially right now. And, you know, a, a lot of times just coming to listen to, you know, four friends talk about life, you yeah. know, could be, hopefully it's an escape for some people. Hopefully it's entertaining. You know, we try our best to entertain. You know, we try our best to like, talk about music and yeah. pop culture and stuff like that. So yeah, man, just expect a fun time. Dope. Fun time. Dope. Yeah. That, that's a fact. Um, what's the most exciting thing for you when you think about this stage in your life? Like, what are you most excited about? I'm, oh man. Wow. I'm excited about a lot of things to be honest. Share one um, of them. I'm, I'm excited to watch my kids grow. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you why because you know I I spoke about my childhood and you know the fun I had and the experiences I had, but with my kids it's like it's almost like a different dynamic. You know, we live out of town, you know, a little bit away from the family, so to speak, and uh, you know, like our house dynamic is 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 interesting because of the jobs my wife and I have. You know, it's a little tough on them sometimes, but I'll tell you what, man, when these kids are here, they have fun. Yeah. And it's been interesting watching them grow from different phases. Like my seven year old, to me, 
like the other day she was born. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And now I'm sitting down with her having dinner and we're having a conversation. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. You know, but it's it's so cool and it's so fascinating to hear, you know, a young mind and how they think and just watching them grow up. Yeah. But I'm I'm excited about that every day, man. Every day. Just watching my kids and you know, being with my wife and it's you know, it's, yeah man, that's it. That's really it. That's one of the things I can say. <laughs> dope, dope. Now when it's when it's all said and done, how yeah. does Sheldon want to be remembered? Wants to be remembered as someone that was always your friend. Mm. First and foremost, um, you know, I take pride in my friendships because I know that the friendships I had growing up really shaped me, shaped me to be who I am now. Yeah. You know, so if, if, if anything, you remember someone who was kind, who was respectful, um, funny, I hope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> someone that, you know, is, 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 was always a friend. That's it. If you needed me, I'm there when I can be. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man, that's that's really much. That's all I can ask for. I can't really ask for too much, man. To be honest. So, before yeah. before we wrap things up, sure. can you can you leave our listeners with a word of wisdom or something to guide them on their journey? Oh man, you're really, you're really stretching me out today. <laughs> <laughs> you're really pushing my limits today. All right. All right, let me see. Let me see. What do I got? Um, live in the moment, but always look back while looking forward. Ah. Right? So when you're in the moment, you have to be aware of where you are. Right? If you're not aware of where you are, it's hard to move forward. You know right. what I mean? Right. Because where you are will determine how you're going to get out of that place. That's right. Right. And when you're looking back, it's only to look back to, you know, understand how far you've come right. and how much you've accomplished at the same time while you're looking ahead. Right. Right. That's what, that's what I look at life. And I'm, I'm always, I'm a retrospective individual. Like I, I always like to look back and see how little moments help me in my life. You know, I'm also aware of where I am in the moment. You know, I'm, I'm a 33-year-old career man with a, I'm a husband, I have two children. You know, I'm aware of where I am right now. Dope. But I also know where I want to go. Right? So I always encourage people to be aware of where you are. Look back, but also strive to go forward. That's, That's it. it. That's it. Now, before I let you go, where can people... Follow you, support you online, the show, and everything yes. else. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Regular Shells. I'm the most regular individual you'll ever meet in your life, <laughs> but also the most fun individual. Nope. Um, you can follow the podcast at No Service Podcast on Instagram. Uh, where are we? We're on all the podcast DSPs. Just type in the No Service Podcast. Look for the little white logo with the colorful lettering. Uh, you'll find us. Uh, what else, man? That's pretty much it. Dope. Dope. Man, Shell, I want to thank you, man, for blessing the show. Hey, thank you, bro. I appreciate thank it, man. You. I appreciate thank it. you. Um, I just want to say I'm happy for you and all your accomplishments and what you're doing right now. And trust me, I look up to you. You know this in a great way, bro. So man. keep doing your thing. And um, yeah, bro, keep striving, man. I appreciate it, man. The love and respect is, is mutual. It's definitely mutual. Yes, sir. <laughs> 
I want to take this opportunity to thank all my listeners and supporters. Continue to download the episodes and share them with family and friends. And I hope you got a lot of gems from this episode like I did. A lot of laughter as well. Um, you know, that's what the show is about. So make sure you you download the shows and share it on all your platforms, whatever platform you're using. If it's an Apple, Google, you know, Podbean, all of it. Just make sure you check it out and continue to share it. Uh, let us know. Right. Email us. You'll find the email link in the description as well. If you have a great story that you want to share. Right. Be a guest on the show and tell your story. Love to hear you and get you on here until next episode. Love, peace and nappiness. Mm -hmm.